and welcome to Fraud uh, Busting Neo Frauds podcast. It is the only podcast for female fraud professionals and their allies who want to stay on top of the fraud awareness spectrum in order to thrive professionally while maximizing their happiness and having the courage to create the life they love. Thank you for listening. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the new episode of the Neofraus podcast. Uh, today, we have a special guest. This is uh, Debbie Montgomery Johnson. Um, she is here today to share a very important uh, story and information. And uh, with uh, that, uh, we are also supporting uh, the Fraud Awareness Week um, in order to help more listeners to learn and be aware of the crimes and frauds that exist um, in uh, the present day. Uh, but without further ado, let me uh, give uh, Debbie the floor to introduce uh, herself to the audience. Uh, hi, Debbie. Hi, Olga. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to say a little bit about what I say, beware and be aware. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much, Debbie. Um, and I'd like to ask you uh, my first question here. Um, could you share with the audience a little bit about uh, your work, uh, what you do? Um... I'm coming to you actually as a director of uh, board of directors for SCARS, the Society of Citizens Against Relationship Scams. And the reason I'm on the board is because I myself was a victim, or now I call survivor, thriver, advocate of a relationship scam, a romance scam that we hear about regularly in the news. Uh, and so I just feel like it's such an important thing, especially during this Fraud Awareness Week, to let the victims know, uh, because there are a lot of people out there who have been taken that will not talk about what happened uh, because they're afraid that people will shame them, blame them. And I need for them to know that they're not alone. And so that's why I'm here because it's such a it's such a problem worldwide. And we need to have people stand up and speak up about what happened to them so that it doesn't happen to someone you know, sitting beside you. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And thank you so much for sharing uh, this with the audience. And um, I'd like to uh, ask you my next question. Um, if you don't mind sharing um, a little bit uh, more details um, regarding uh, your personal story or maybe stories that you uh, see on a daily basis in order for the uh, audience to understand a little bit about uh, the dangers and the risks and everything that a potential victim uh, might be going through. I'll tell you about my story because my story is everybody else's stories. The criminals, these, they were called scammers, but that's not a strong enough word for what they are. They're actually, it's organized crime. And they'll just change the names. They'll change the scenarios. So my story is the same story as, you know, a million other men and women around the world. So uh, what happened to me was 2010, my husband of 26 years passed away suddenly. And it was one of those, he hadn't been sick. He just, he had a heart attack and died. And so six months after that, I'd been running his company and, and which is now my company. I've had it for 20 years, but I needed, as my friend said, to get a life. 
And in their words, they said, you need something more than work. You need something more than being home by yourself. And so they encouraged me to, to get into online dating. And I was actually quite afraid of it because I'd been married for so long. And the idea of dating, it brought back all the anxiety of being a teenager, you know, not smart enough, pretty enough, skinny enough, all those enoughs. And then I was like, then I chastised myself saying, come on, you've had a great career as a, an Air Force intelligence officer, a bank manager, a paralegal. I had so much training. I was running my own company. I was like, this is silly. So I went on to a safe site, a safe dating site. It was a faith-based site thinking that again, it would be safe. That was my, I was really quite safety oriented. And I was very surprised at the quality of men that I was finding you know, they would show up in what I call the wife beater t-shirts and they'd be hanging on motorcycles. And I, I wasn't into that. My husband, my late husband was very, very smart. And uh, so I was looking for someone that could challenge me um, with business because I had a company and I had traveled around, you know, around the world. So there are, there are so many things that I was anticipating and I was kind of disappointed initially. And then I was contacted by a very handsome man that was said he was from England. He was my handsome Brit. And so it went on from there. He was on this dating site, but then very quickly moved me off the dating site because he was in Houston and he was going on a job. He had just gotten a contract over in the Far East and he was going to be traveling. So he said, Deb, I want you to get off the dating site and go on to Yahoo Chat. And this was back in 2010, 2011. I didn't know what Yahoo Chat was, but it was extraordinary because it was instant messaging. And because we're of, of the distances, we could chat at any time during the night, during the day. And I have prolific writings. I have 4,000 pages of journal that over those two years, I kept a journal entry on everything he and I talked about because I figured I'd be building family history for my family. And uh, so it was an amazing thing. And it was we really it started more as a business thing where he was asking me about my company. I was asking about his he was in hardwood trees. I actually had investments in trees. So we had many things in common. Uh, he lost his wife. He had his child. So there were so many things that were in sync with me. And he was very family oriented, or so I thought. And this went on for two years. Um, so very briefly, because we have such short time, though, I never did actually see him in person. And people were like, how, how did that not happen? Initially, it was really good for me because I wasn't ready for somebody in person. I'd been married for so long. I was a little bit afraid of a physical relationship in person. So kind of an online buddy was really a great way for me to ease my way back into dating. And it was it was encouraging because he he was so, it seemed to be so bright. He wrote well. Uh, he, I got to know his son and his sister through Yahoo Chat. And so I was building this whole family and this organization. And uh, so it was an extraordinary experience. It had its highs, it had its lows, it had its emotional ups and downs, you know, and uh, it's an amazing story. And I actually wrote a book about it called The Woman Behind the Smile. And it was my way of, of getting through the story after it fell apart. Um, but to explain how it can happen, because there is a there's a psychology to the scam which mm -hmm. I've learned over the last 10 years. I've mm -hmm. learned a lot over the last 10 years about how this happens, because if anybody should not have been scammed, taken, it was me. I've had the training 
to recognize these things, but I also had a really big heart. I love my family. I would do anything for my family. And he became my family. Yeah. I have four children. Only one was at home, but he became kind of my lifeline because I, after Lou dying so suddenly, you know, I didn't fit into the groups anymore. I didn't fit into the family group at church. I didn't really, I didn't want to be called a widow. I didn't want to be called single. There were so many groups I didn't fit into anymore. And so when he and I connected, he basically became my lifeline to the world. And uh, it seems silly, but it was really, it was a, there's one time in the middle of the night, you know, the ding, ding, ding of Yahoo chat, I would jump out of bed. And it was, I, I say it's like Pavlov's dogs, you know, you hear that ding, 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 and your heart starts to pace to run. And I ran out and I'd be on the, on my computer for hours typing back and forth. And then I would have to, you know, go take a shower and go to work. So it was an amazing experience, but you know, the rest of the story is that it did fall apart and, and if yeah. you wanted to lead into a question on that, because I, 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 I am here to answer whatever you want to know. <laughs> uh, well, uh, first of all, David, thank you so much uh, for this uh, part of the story. Uh, I think it's important for the listeners um, to, to learn the details and to have the imagination of possibly how this all could be happening um, to people. Um, and um, I'd like, yeah, definitely ask you, what are the major risks of, of such a relationship and uh, how does it unfold um, to the point where you say to yourself, oh, wait a minute, um, this is a red flag. This isn't what I am thinking this is, you know, uh -huh, if you could. There, there are several things that come to mind and Initially, it's like, be very careful about your, your personal information out there. So many people, and especially during the pandemic, we got very comfortable getting to know people online, thinking that we are really looking at their pictures, we're really hearing their voices, and pictures are stolen. I mean, that's part of this whole identity theft, is that if you look at most people who have a public page on Facebook, you can just right-click and, and download their photos and create any sort of family situation you want, which is my biggest beware and be aware here is that if you have children and grandchildren, I wouldn't be putting their pictures out there for the world because what they do in this, the organized criminals will do is they'll take those pictures and they create families. I love my family. So when the, when the profile had a picture of a, of a, a son and a dog and a sister and a home and Christmas and all this, it built that story for me. And so it just got me right into their life. And so be really careful about your information. No one needs to put down on their face, on their social media, that they're a widow or that they're single. If you're on a dating site, you ought to be single. If you're not, you shouldn't be on the dating site. So be really careful about that. Be careful about your photos. You know, lock up your, your security on your profiles because we don't need 50 million friends. Yeah. We might talk to 10 if that. You know, my stuff is public only because I speak so much about this, but my personal stuff, I never put things about my, my children and my grandchildren because that can be used by the scammers. Um, red flags, get a dating buddy or get someone that's objective because I don't, I, I look back and I didn't see red flags. I call them pink flags. They're those <laughs> things that I thought maybe were a little bit odd. And I would always ask him, I would ask him if something came up, no. 
if something came up, you know, disappointing, I would say, what's happening here? He, he they, there is no he in this in this game. There was a plausible answer to my question. There's always an answer. They've got an answer to everything. And so I kind of overlooked things. You know, I was an imagery analyst in the Air Force. So I would look at pictures. I, he would give me addresses and I would look them up in Google chat or in Google Maps. I would look at these things and I, I dismissed them. And if I had had someone standing over my shoulder, not any of your kids, because my kids didn't want to know what was going on. And all I heard from my kids were, mom, don't, don't, don't. And I, at that point, I'm like, guys, I'm the adult here. Leave me alone. And I, I kept them out, which is exactly what my guy wanted me to do, because they, they want to isolate you from the naysayers. They don't want you hearing anything from your family and friends saying, yeah, be careful. Don't send money. Don't do this. So they don't want you to hear that. So you do get isolated and you're really, they become your, your lifeline. Um, so be careful of those, uh, of those. If it's in the military, I'm former military. I've got family in the military. Military guys are not going to be on dating sites asking you for money and asking you to send them the phone. They're, they're not going to be a, a doctor in the UN working in Syria. They're not the, they're not going to be in an oil rig, you know, having a problem trying to get home. Those are some of the regular stories, uh, but it's typically anybody in an American uniform. I mean, speaking from my former military days, you're not out there on social media. And and I know that I've I've spoken with so many guys, particularly men, whose pictures have been used, military men whose pictures have been used by scammers um, to create these profiles. And so do a, do a reverse search on the photos, do a Google search on the photos. Sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, on my particular person, I couldn't, I never did find the pictures, uh, but I was doing something for a friend who I heard, I got a feeling that something was wrong and I did the search on her. And within a minute, I had 11 profiles show up with different names, same pictures, but different names. So just be aware that you know if someone is reaching out to you for a Facebook friend, messenger you don't need them if, and and even be careful if you're in, i'm in a many women's groups uh if someone shows up to have a mutual friend call your mutual friend and find out do you know who this person is that's sending me a friend request because many times we're thinking well that's a mutual friend so our stranger danger you know goes down and we're just kind of like oh click i need another another person in my group well then they've now infiltrated the women's groups and it could be someone that's a woman, you know, it's really a man, but pretending to be a woman to get into those groups. Or with men, it could be a man pretending to be a woman. They're, they're very clever. They have a lot of money. They have a lot of technology. And they're very clever, very well-trained. And no one is, uh, let's put it this way, everybody is susceptible to being taken at some point. Doesn't matter how smart you are, how educated you are what your background is, you're going to be vulnerable at some point. And typically it's because you're distracted. We're so busy that we don't pay attention to that link that is in an email or that friend request. I was doing something last Christmas, doing uh, getting some travel arrangements for my family and a friend request or friend message came up on Facebook and it was a woman that I knew. And she said, I'm having a hard time getting onto Facebook. Can you help me out? Like, sure, sure, sure. As I'm you know, busy doing stuff. And I clicked on something and I got a link and I got a whatever. Next thing I know, my profile got changed on Facebook. They got my password and locked me out. 
And then it took me forever to, to prove to Facebook who that it was me trying to get back on. And it was just because I was distracted. And that happens every single day, you know, that we get distracted. It, it could be an email from a bank. Be really careful. Yeah. Don't click on links unless you've really looked at them. Um, my parents are 89 and 94. They get phone things all the time. They get texts on their phones. They get messages saying, you know, your Amazon account, blah, blah, blah. Um, don't respond to those things. I even tell my mother, I said, don't say hello. With the with the advent of, of artificial intelligence, the scam is going to escalate because now I think I'm looking at you, but it may not be you. You know, I watch Netflix. I listen to movies. A lot of the movies we listen to are, are Norwegian, Spanish, French, whatever. I'm listening and hearing in English, but they're speaking another language. My brain can differentiate that. And so it's the same when I have talked to women survivors and say, well, I saw I, I saw him on video. I said, but you don't really know exactly what he was saying. You know, I have a friend who is a military officer. He will not do a video interview because he knows the scammers can change what he says. Mm -hmm. So it's just ultra awareness. But again, for me, it was have a buddy, have someone that's objective that you just you listen to him. Because if you haven't seen the I used to say, if you haven't seen the whites of their eyes in two weeks, if you haven't met them in person, then it is definitely going to be a scam. If you're still involved after two weeks, then you're going to be in it until the end and you will end up broke and broken because the of the psychology of the scam that amygdala hijacked that what i used to say my heart ruled my head my friends and family couldn't have gotten me out of it sooner you know even though i knew halfway through that oh gosh i've sent an awful lot of money i started thinking that if i stop now i've lost everything we i call it chasing the money it's like one more time just one more time kind of like gambling right you go in and you want to do it one more time because you know you're going to hit big. Just one more payoff, one more get through customs, one more something, and then it's going to come to me. And honestly, the only thing that stopped what I was doing is one morning he came online uh, and he said, Deb, how do you feel about forgiveness? Now, when I say online, it was chatting. We were chatting. I never saw him. And he goes, how do you feel about forgiveness? And we went into hours of how do you feel about forgiveness? Very spiritual conversations and all this. And then we got disconnected. Came back later on. He came back on. He goes, let's revisit this. And I finally said, what have I done? Why are we asking? Why are we talking forgiveness? What have I done that I need to be forgiven for? He said, I have something to tell you. It's going to hurt you. I'm thinking, well, you don't need to really do that. He said, I have a confession. And at that, I just felt this gut punch because I had heard that once in my marriage and it wasn't very pleasant. We got through it, but now I'm like, so what's the problem here? And he, he writes to me, he says, I have to confess this has all been a scam. And at that point I'm thinking, what, where's my handsome Brit? What, what about all this money I sent to you? What? what? I said, now, you ha now you're lying. Now you have to prove to me that this is not a lie. And he said, okay, on Yahoo chat, there's this little camera and I'm going to show you how to work it. And I'm thinking for two years, I've asked to see him. And all of a sudden I'm looking at my dual screens of my handsome Brit. And in the corner pops up this little camera with this dark haired, dark eyed, dark skinned young man with a big smile on his face. And it, for me, it was like hitting a brick wall because now I had a face to what was going on. And my 
intelligence hat kicked in, you know, my banker hat. Keep him engaged. Get the FBI. You can you can catch this guy now. How are we going to do this? And I, I really just said, thinking all that, why did you do this? For two years, why did you do this? Because he ripped my heart out. The money was important, but, you know, you're gonna, I'm going to die with no, no money. But my trust in people and my heart got torn out. And that's the most devastating of all of these things is that we can typically recover with the money, not in the same way that we thought we would recover with it. You know, we're not going to retire the way we thought we were going to retire. Um, but my trust in human beings and in family, I mean, I'm so grateful. I, unfortunately, I got my parents involved, but it changed our relationship. <laughs> Excuse me. And it changed the way I dealt with my children. You know, because they became, my sons became unglued when they found out what happened. I was like, guys, I'm sorry, but I had to go through this. And now going forward, I don't want to embarrass anybody, but I am going to talk about it because the woman sitting beside me at an organizational meeting, she could be going through the very same thing, but so afraid to say anything because, you know, she might be a banker. She might be a financial analyst. She might be a doctor. She might be a lawyer. She might be a housewife somewhere. Um, I have women that are married and their husbands are calling me saying, my wife was playing a game on words with friends and she got taken because they develop a friendship. And it doesn't matter what kind of you know platform you're on. We are building social relationships. And that's what this is all about. It's relationship fraud. Mm-hmm. And they, they're going to get you. They're going to get your heart and they're going to get you. And if you haven't seen them in two weeks, it's a scam. If you're if they're asking you for money, it's a scam. You know, never. I can say that now. Never, ever, you know, send the money. Never, ever, you know, entertain going somewhere. We have women that we've dealt with that have traveled to Nigeria. They get sick. They get traffic. They get, you know, they come home and people have died. People commit suicide because they've lost their friends. They've lost their families. They've lost their money, their retirement, their security, and they don't know where to turn. They go to the law enforcement and they get laughed out the door. There's a way to do that. And that's what at SCARS we have. We work with survivors. We, they're not victims after they come to us. They're survivors. If they want to really recover emotionally and, and financially, psychologically, you've got to have a trauma therapist. You have to have a support system. You have to have people that you trust. And then you go to the law enforcement and you get a report. They're not going to get your money back but they can certainly help you start the process of gaining control again. And it's really, really important that you're not alone. And there's, you know, there are three out of a hundred people report these kinds of crimes. So we think that there's a lot of money out going out there across the pond. There's a ton of money and the scammers, the fraud guys, they are training universities in Nigeria and in other world places around the world. They have the finances to do whatever they want. And they are one step 10 steps ahead of us. Mm-hmm. So just that comes down to beware and be aware and pause before you see something that you think might be a little too good to be true. It probably is. Like my grandma used to say, sleep on it, sleep on it. If it's still there tomorrow, have someone look at it with you. The investment scams that are out there now, the pig butchering, the investment fraud, it's huge. It's affecting people so quickly. You know, what took two years for me is now happening in months, weeks, you know, and scammers don't need a million dollars 
from one person, they need $200, $250 from a million people. Mm-hmm. And they're going to get it because they are good at what they do. They are well-trained in their job. And you can tell I'm very passionate about this because it breaks my heart when I get a new person in our support group. Thank goodness they're there. But when I hear their stories and they, they're they so devastated and they can't see light at the end of the tunnel, I'm like, there's hope, but you have to put some hard work into it. Would I love that money to be back in my bank account for my grandchildren? Absolutely. But the, the experience is, for me has been priceless because the message is anybody can be taken. And if it's not you, and I hope it's not you, what if it were to be your mother or your husband, your son? Somebody that you know, if you don't spread the word about this to everybody you know, to be careful and don't take this attitude of, oh, it's never going to happen to me. It should never have happened to me, but it did. And the naysayers are out there and I'll take it from them. You know, I should not have done it. I did it. Be responsible, accept it. We've all done something. We all have had a misstep in our life. Own it and move forward. Find something good that can you can get out of it and be there to help somebody else. Mm -hmm. Uh, Wow, Uh, Debbie, thank you so much uh, for the story and the insights, but also uh, very important advice for um, the people out there, how to try be careful uh, if they could. And uh, last but not least, uh, for your uh, courage, uh, to me, you're a very courageous woman, and um, I'm sure you you can help you know many many other people uh, who are survivors, but also um, anyone uh, through spreading simply the awareness so that they never get to uh, you know fall into this uh, horrible. Uh, type of crime. Um, in closing, I'd, I'd like to ask a very, very quick question um, that I like to ask uh, my guests um, in the end of the interview is, uh, what kind of advice do you have for people or perhaps women in general uh, in order how to uh, remain resilient and strong and hopeful no matter what, uh, especially in difficult situations in life? Um any, anything you want to share? Well, there's a lot and I'll, I'll keep this very brief, but just, just hang in there, you know, just jump. I, I, after this happened to me, after my husband passed away, I could have hidden behind a rock, but my daughter and I got up and and went, went skydiving together. We did something together. Uh, just beware that there is life out there and we're all going to have ups and downs. We all have bumps. We all have these missteps. You know, someone is going to call it a mistake. Well, if you're going to fail, fail. I love this saying, fail forward fast. Just get through it. There's a, there's a learning opportunity in everything we go through. And in the time, if you get stuck in it and then you play the victim, you're never going to recover. So own what you do, move forward, see if you can make something good out of it. And if you know somebody, especially in, in this particular case, if you know someone that's been a victim of it, have them look for support. I'm going to pitch scars here. It's again, the Society of Citizens Against Relationship Scams. Go to romancescamsnow.com or go uh, to againstscams.org. Look at everything you can about what's going on here because it is so important. And you could be the lifeline to someone that has gone through what I went through and they don't need to be alone. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, wow, thank you so much for this wonderful uh, response, but also for sharing the resources uh, for people. I will make sure to also provide the links within the episode page uh, for the listeners. Uh, thank you for being our wonderful uh, guest uh, today. And thanks everyone for listening. Uh, stay healthy and happy.